Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, Alex Bernard Rasmussen, and Andy Bernard. Catherine's among the missing again. We don't know. She's probably just, she's retired, I think, or something. Yeah. I don't know what she did. <laughs> I have no idea what she even is. She was. I got <clears> off the morning show and she was gone. So I don't know what to tell you. Judy's here, though. Judy, you going to be on the show? Hmm. He's sleeping. Never mind. Perfect. We'll be right back. Uh, first hour is going to be live. Second hour is going to be Doug from the auto show. What do you think of that? It's incredibly exciting. Our numbers, numbers should go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Through the roof, baby. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For... <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Welcome back. Um, You didn't play any music. Well, we thought you'd like do the lead into the live Walzer commercial. I know it's that's what we'll do. Walzer Automotive Group. That's all ten years. (laughs) We'll get it Walzer eventually. Walzer Group, Walzer.com. We Doug are Sprinthal. excited. It's the start of the selling season. I was down at the auto show yesterday uh, doing the podcast, which we will broadcast here in an hour. And I was encouraged because despite, you know, the, the grim news about the coronavirus, the crowds were still uh, pretty good down at the show. There's a, it's, it really does kick off the selling season here. Uh, I think their timing was right having it this week. It goes through Sunday if you're interested in checking out all the new cars. We have all our auto show specials on Walzer.com and all the details about Walzer Care, which you get for free with every any, any purchase of any new car that we sell up here in Minnesota. It's a great deal, 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. So if you're not afraid to go outside, cruise on down to the auto show. It's really fun down there. My favorite car, they had a 1950 red Cadillac Series 62 convertible. It's like, oh, God, that's so beautiful. Uh, you can't buy that one, so you have to buy something from us. That's all I got. Well, that's a good thing. That's all I have to say. Just kidding. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. She can kill with a smile. She can wound with her eyes. We're just going to fold up the tent, I've decided. What do you think? I think the only job left will be podcasting. Yeah. That's that's about it. The stock market is down 2,200 points today. That's the sound of me realizing I'm going to have to work past 70. Now's the time to buy. You know, all my friends said that when it hit 27,000, they said, you're mental. This is going to go a lot lower than that. Then when it hit 25,000, they go, time to buy. I said, all right, stock market geniuses. I think, it, what is it now, Tom, 22 or high 21s? 21.3. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. 
Time to buy. Time to buy. Well, the time to buy time is after to buy, it comes baby. back for two or three days and stabilizes if you really want to try to time it. Yeah. That's generally yeah. a little safer. This is not the time to get yep. in. And it's certainly not the time to get out. No. No. No, no, no. I would guess, to tell you the truth, people at Andy and Alex's age, it is be a great time to get in the stock market because you can wait a couple of decades to even worry about it. Uh, right? I don't have a couple of decades. Well, I hopefully I do. I prefer Andy and Alex, yeah. Um, but I, I talked to a friend of mine who uh, spent his entire life in the Canadian stock market, right? And stock markets around the world, it's not just the United States, by the way, stock markets around the world are crashing yeah. horribly. And the Chinese drove it. There's no question they did it. And I think they did it on purpose, to tell you the truth, you know, just because their economy was already tanking. Why would they do that? Because they want to be shoulder to shoulder with everybody else on a financial basis. That's because their 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 economy sucked. Well, actually, that's not quite true. So it was super hot well, for a long time. I mean, they were growing right, at eight or nine right. percent, which was not sustainable. And I think this year they were down to like three and right. a half or four, which is still that's pretty good growth. I I I'd have a that seems really kind of crazy talk to me that they would create some secret virus and infect people all over the world so we could ruin the. Oh no no no! I mean, I mean that's not what I'm their saying. Their economy is really dependent on exports. That's where they make all their money. It is. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Sorry, I, I got to disagree with you. No, I, I like I said. So why didn't they? Why didn't they do something about this six months ago when they? Well, they knew Wuhan, in Wuhan that it was there. Why didn't they do something about? It? How did it ever get out? You know, that's a really good question. I, I think that. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a racist saying this, and it's not a racist. Racist! I think it's part of the whole dictatorial government is that they don't want to admit that there's failure. Look at North Korea. Kim Jong Wingnut is saying, yeah, we don't have any cases here. Yeah, like 400 of your soldiers are dead. What about those guys? (laughs) But other than that. I think it's a similar kind of thing, and it's not an Asian deal. I think it has more to do with dictatorships and that sort of stuff. Yes, yeah, so I don't understand how you would think that would be racist. It's got nothing to do with the race. It has to be it has to do with dictatorial pricks. That's what it has to do with. These You have to be careful in these times, Tom. People are sensitive. Oh, God, sensitive. It's not the Wuhan virus. That's racist. No, it's not. Ra- that's not what racism is. Shut up. Right? Yeah. I agree. That's all I have to say. So we'll... Uh, as usual, we'll slog through. Hopefully, everybody will stay healthy and happy. Luckily, it, it doesn't affect little children much, which is the most important thing. I do love it, though. The eye ties. Ah, just let all the old people die. What's the difference? Oh, <laughs> That's real nice over there in Italy. Save the young, let the old people die. They've had a life already. That's honestly what I'm worried about because I've got... My folks got divorced in the 70s and remarried uh, in the late 70s. So all four of my parents, uh, step-parents included, are alive. But they're all just short of 90, and you think. Oh, really? That's the population that I think is the most susceptible to Mm -hmm. this. Here's what I love. This whole I just got a call from a friend of mine who said he went to the uh, local grocery store. They had zero toilet paper. I am still trying to figure out what the hell the run on toilet paper has to do with this because I don't get it. Why toilet paper? No, I don't. Why the pet rock? If you can answer one question, you can answer the other. (laughs) But here's what I also love. This memo just came out again, although we've heard this a million times. Forget the hunting, the sanitizer. Soap is better anyway. 
Wash like, your hands. Here's the odd thing about this. So this means that the vast majority of Americans until Monday really didn't wash their hands very often. Apparently. I know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Well, you know, I, I was just talking to Brian Zepp this morning on the KQ Morning Show. Said he was uh, walking along. Uh, I can't remember where the hell he said he was. Somewhere in public. And a woman walked through the door and coughed right in his face without even trying to cover it up. So gross. Be a KS Just coughed right on him. Probably a KS95 listener. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of that, by the way, congratulations to Moon. He is now going to be in the Minnesota Broadcasting Hall of Fame this fall. So yeah, that's great news. I just talked to him about a week ago. I hadn't talked to him for a while. Just called to check in on him, and he was super excited yeah. about that. And he said to say hi, and he goes, yeah, it's, I talked it's to Tom, and we got to get on the agenda for a supper. And I said, well... You two assholes have we to do. get out of um, the southern hemisphere, and then we can plan on something in the spring. That's really nice, really nice. But Sorry. Yeah, a Moon, Larry Thompson's his real name, Moon from Moon and Stacy, a case yeah. 95, is going to be put in the Minnesota Broadcasting Hall of Fame uh, in the fall, and he really deserves it. The guy's terrific on the air. He's a legend. Yeah, he is. No Although clearly they've lowered their standards in the last several years. Anybody can get well, it. Well, yeah. Moon and Tom, you know, that's that deal right there. Yeah. They're letting anybody in there now. That's right. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about this. The only business that's really safe right now is the automobile business because people are going to have to buy cars to travel in their own compartment instead of on airplanes, buses, and trains. Well, you know, that's interesting you say that because I, I, was, I was at the corporate office before I came here, and we were talking about this. And one of the things that we're, we're thinking of doing is to sort of uh, build up the whole home delivery part of the process. So people, if they, if, it gets, if they really get freaked out, they don't even have to actually come into the dealership. Right. But the new car inventory guy is super smart. I asked him what he thought. And he goes, you know, I, we looked at the auto sales numbers in Italy and then Seattle, which is like the largest outbreak. In, is it Seattle right. or Portland? Somewhere up there. And they're reporting being down 15%, which really isn't that much. I mean, that's not good. No, it's not. But not, not anywhere near as bad the, as it is. We survived the recession when we were selling 9 million cars and trucks in the U.S. And currently we're selling, I think, about 17 million. So if, wow. it, if it drops 10 or 15 or even 20%, um, yep. I think that part of the business will be okay. But, you know, in these large dealerships, at some point people might start getting apprehensive about coming in. So... We're working on yeah. some stuff right now to offset that. You know, it's, it's always something, right? Well, let me put it this way. I have purchased now probably about, what, 10 cars, 15 cars from Walls or over there. More At than least. that over we the just, years. You know, a lot of them you don't even know about since you left your credit card in the Toyota store. <laughs> exactly. Tom wants you to have a free car. But I have I've purchased, I think, well, at least 15 cars yeah. from Walls over there. It's probably more than that. But I've never been on the showroom floor. I go, hey, Doug, what should I get? And he goes, this. And I go, okay. And they, yeah, or they bring it to the house. Yeah, or you pick your own car. Hey, I want a mud black Mustang convertible, and I can't find one. And yep. one of your buddies finds yep. it out west. So, Kevin Osgard found it out west, the Ford dealership out in Litchfield, I believe. Yep. It was so funny because I, I called the dealer, and he goes, I was wondering when you were going to call. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they listen to uh, the morning show out in Litchfield at the Ford stores. So. Yeah. 
God bless them. God bless them. That's all I know. But I was thinking, how would you like to be in the airline business? They're going to lose $119 billion to start with, by the way. Well, Viking and uh, Princess just uh, yep. canceled their cruises for like a month or so. Mm. So I would like imagine 30th, that Norwegian, yeah. they're probably yeah. all going to fall, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, you'd think. Yep. Yeah, they are. But you, you look at grocery stores, you look at restaurants, you look at movie theaters. People are not going to be going if this keeps up. Man, we're going to take a massive hit in the economy worldwide. Dan and I are supposed to go to a concert tomorrow, and I'm interested to see oh, that's if they right. cancel it or not. <clears throat> Did you get your tickets teed up? No. You know, if you want to go to a Jesus show and doesn't work. just go to see Nickelback, you'll be safe. There'll only be 10 <laughs> people there. Nickelback. Well, to me, I'm like, we're going to be up in the suite where there's like 12 people and Dan is all concerned and I'm just like we're barely we're not even going to be in like who's the, the, who's the, big, the artist the lumineers oh okay yeah the lumineers <clears throat> and for Dan, Alex Dan is I mean we've listened to their music a lot they're just like a very nice kind of band to play as you go about your day it's just very calm and nice and fawn calls anytime a lumineer song comes on like on alexa or something she calls it daddy songs oh okay because he just played it a lot when she was a baby and stuff and um, so it's a concert that we've been looking forward to going to for a very long time and they haven't been here in years and so he's like we're not going and i'm like uh if it's canceled no but other than that (laughs) speaking of concerts uh tom you remember when we had that english guitar player on and you were nice enough to let me pretty much interview him Guy named yeah, Davey Knowles. Well, I went yep. to see him at it's called Outtakes. It's right next to New Hope Cinema Grill, and Jerry was there. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yep. Phenomenal guitar player and a super nice guy, and uh, it, it was just it, we had so much fun there. He was just great. Cute young, yeah, what a thirty-one-year-old, super polite English dude. I, I, it, I would imagine, although the audience was mostly people in their fifties, so. If you ever get Makes in front sense. of people of his own generation, the girls would be falling all over this guy. Yeah, we're all really. Yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> Do we need more proof that professional athletes, not all of them, but most of them are complete morons? Are you talking about the NBA guy? Yes, I am. I NBA watched that guy. last night on a moron. What an Where's idiot. the NBA guy with this be? Yeah. His name is Gobert. Okay, and he thought it would be really, really funny after a, a press conference to make fun of the coronavirus by touching every microphone he could come He touched all the chairs, the table. He touched all the microphones while laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Rudy Gobert touches all the interview mics. Then they yes. found out he actually does have the coronavirus. Just got you a, stupid wow. ass. Just got a notification that my concert's rescheduled. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Oh, Lumineers is rescheduled? Yep. Dan scared him to to death. September September 24th. The health and safety of our our fans and people who work with us is our greatest concern. So due to the escalating COVID-19 health concerns, we need to reschedule our upcoming shows in St. Paul and Omaha. Oh, that's Mm. too bad. But September. September 24th. Yeah, we'll do. It's nice. That, I'm glad that they, I was like, I just hope that they don't re, like, cancel it, you know. Yeah. It's nice that they've rescheduled it. Well, for, that way they don't have to give the money back. Also that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They don't have to give the money back. Well, the good thing about that is, Alex, as a little bonus now, you know, we could probably throw in a little dinner over at the St. Paul Grill. I'll get a hold of Cassie and she'll tee up. That'll be good. 
You met Cassie over there, didn't you? The young blonde woman that, that kind of, I don't know if she runs the no. bar, but she's one of the people that does. No, I have no idea. You should get to know her. Well, she's a friend of Mordahl's, though. She's, she's kind of a creep. No, you know what I'm saying? terrible. <laughs> no. Well, and I'm like, that's real well, nice. I'm like, we have a babysitter for tomorrow, so he and I can go grab <sighs> dinner and whatever. It's fine. Yeah, well, maybe ride the light rail or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure, absolutely. You could get, you get coronavirus and get shot. Find yeah. as many random people to kiss on the mouth as right. we can. <laughs> sure. Sure, that'll get it done. Oh, yeah, I cannot believe this. Rudy Gobert thought that was funny to do what he did and then find out he's got the coronavirus. Now they found out one of his teammates has it, too. So who I don't know. They don't know who infected who, but one of his teammates has uh, the coronavirus, too, on the Utah Jazz. Mm. Oh, jeez. I don't get Somebody it. at Schwann's, which is in Bloomington, had it. Has it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was I the first one in Hennepin County, I think. Coming to uh, a theater apparently near Jim, you. <laughs> Apparently, Jim Baker's being sued over a coronavirus cure, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. What? Uh, Do you know who Jim Baker is? Mm-mm. You probably better explain him. Yeah. Because he's been in prison for a long time. He's out now. Though. Right. About for what? Yeah, he's out now. He was a big televangelist in what, the 80s and 90s? Oh, okay. His wife was Tammy Faye Baker, maybe you heard oh, of her. Oh, yeah, yes. I know Tammy Faye he's Baker. He's just a yeah. slime ball, of the 10th yes. order, and now he's been out and he's back. On the circuit, and he's peddling a a holy cure yeah. for the corona, uh, coronavirus. Yeah, uh. a holy cure. Uh, if you've been watching the Jim Baker show and got taken in by promises of a coronavirus cure hawked by the televangelists, we have bad news for you. The Missouri Attorney General is suing the show over what it says is a fake cure. Anyone who has bought Silver Solution from the Jim Baker show should know that it cannot cure or treat coronavirus. A.G. Eric Schmidt's office uh, says in a press release per the Springfield News Leader, the FDA, FTC, and the New York Attorney General's office also issued cease and desist letters to the show after Silver Saul, get it, they cut Silver Solution to Silver Saul. That's clever. Was promoted on February 12th. Uh, yeah, okay. Solution is priced at 80 bucks. by the way. What does it turn out to be, like uh, distilled water or it's something? It's probably colloidal silver, which is... Colloidal silver is... Colloidal silver is... Oh, no. Great. Better Use it every, every time my kids get pink eye, which fine, gets pink eye every time she gets a cold because she sucks her fingers and touches her eyes. It works like a dream. It's great. Here's a problem that he's going to have. It said right on the promise about silver sol or silver solution uh, curing coronavirus, it said uh, on the show in February that it could eliminate the coronavirus. Eliminate? Not eliminate, but eliminate. Eliminate. Okay. It could eliminate, eliminate the virus. Yes, that's exactly right. So the N is still there, but they've added an M, so it's eliminate. So that's good. Uh-oh. Don't you think? I did find out this morning, by the way, that canceled now can be spelled with two L's or one. Wh- why? If you try to apply logic to, the, to our native tongue, <clears throat> you're in for a long day. <sighs> you got that. Ooh, we've got to take a break here. We've got a special guest coming right up next with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The X-Check app. 
Brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Ooh, little James Taylor. You can't go wrong with James Taylor. You know what I mean? Nope, you never can. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Love his voice. That's all you needed to get tight with the ladies in the 70s was the (laughs) copy of Sweet Baby James. Hey, want to come and listen to a record? Oh, do you have James Taylor? Yes, I do. Oh, James Taylor. Is Dennis ready to go? Yep. Dennis Jaffe, ladies and gentlemen, borrowed from your grandchildren the evolution of 100-year family enterprises. While creating wealth is a wonderful achievement, business families are also concerned with how their wealth is used to support their values, the lives of their children, and the well-being of the community. Uh, Hopefully that is all true, Dennis, that that the well-being of the community is is a great concern. I like that. Well, the family businesses that are successful over many generations um, are not the families that are you know, kind of like high spending and um, uh, producing entitled um, consumers. They're really families where um, the family members have a set of values and, um, and they um, uh, in- include uh, how is the family giving back to the community, um, how are we, uh, you know, what do we stand for as a family. Um, uh, family businesses really have a, um, a special way of doing business because, they're interested in more than just making money. They really uh, have concerns that go beyond um, how much they make to how they make it and, um, and uh, what they do that's important. Dennis, why do you think it drove them? Because most people would have no interest beyond themselves. And I hate to say that, but it's becoming more and more obvious that people will do anything for money now. And these families, it did not seem that that was the case, that they, they made money. Yes, they wanted a great family life, but they also wanted to help. Have we lost most of that? I hope not, but have we? Well, I, I'm, I can't speak for everybody, but I would say, first of all, um, the evidence um, uh, is not that, that people will do anything for money, and, and that's all they think about. The evidence is, is that when people are poor and don't have enough, that's definitely on their minds. But once mm-hmm. they're successful, and, and the families that I studied in my research are families that have been together 100 years and are, are extraordinarily successful, 
um, the second, third, um, fourth generation. Um, they know that they're wealthy, but their concerns um, aren't about making more wealth. That, that, that what, what uh, they think about is what can they do that's important, um, what, what do they want to do with their lives. Um, the family begins to ask questions like, well, we have all this money, what's it for? What do we want to achieve? And there's right. a there's a, a, a kind of a um, a thinking um, and, a, and a focusing from the outside world and, and making money uh, inward to saying um, who are we as a family and what do we want to do and and that's what I found when I interviewed um, these hundred uh, hundred year families uh, all over the world. Dennis, was there one particular family that gave you the idea to write the book? Uh, I got the idea, um, you know, actually from, you know, people talking about how, uh, um, you know, they, they were seeing more and more wealthy next generation people that were spoiled and bratty and squandering money. And, and I was seeing, um, uh, and not that that doesn't uh, exist and that isn't uh, true of many families, but, but I was seeing families um, that were different and, and that were highly successful. And the thing is that their, um, you know, their behavior is much more private. And uh, and much less visible. So people were seeing the visible, um, you know, kind of bad examples of families, and they were not seeing the positive examples of how family wealth um, really can um, uh, be used by families to do uh, to make a difference in the world and to run um, what we would call a responsible um, and a, um, uh, a business that respects um, all the different um, um, what we call stakeholders. Dennis, was there were there one or two families, or maybe a couple more than that, that kind of drove you? Thought, well, the, the, you know, I, I know a lot about this family and this family. I got to find out more, and I got to write a book about. Them. Were, were there one or two families that really inspired you? Uh, well, there were. So, so the, I interviewed a hundred families, and one of the uh, mm-hmm. the, the parts, um, uh, the deal that I had to offer them for the interview is that they would be really candid with me about what they did, and I would keep them anonymous. So. Um, okay. I, I can't right. say who they are, but, but they are families. These are families that are mostly billion-dollar um, families, and they're all kind of household names. Um, but what, um, you know, what, I, what I found is that the behavior of successful long-term family businesses was very different than the media accounts um, you know, succession and um, of, of, you know, kind of selfishness and um, you know, kind of uh, competition and, and uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, very, very uh, entitled um, uh, and selfish behavior. You know what's interesting about that, true, Dennis? But, yeah, what? yeah. No, I was just going to say that it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that people are out there trying to do some good, and yet television, particularly broadcast uh, television on a, on a national level, they cannot just say, hey, this is a wonderful thing. Look how terrific this is. They have to say, oh, no, this is all horrible, and everybody's greedy. and everybody. They will do anything for ratings, which, which is unfortunate, because hearing what you have to say, makes me feel good about people, makes me want to be a human being for at least one more day. Uh, it's much more inspiring and happy and up I'd much rather read something like your book than watch the television news. Well, the television news, you know, kind of, you know, likes uh, visible things, but I think that we can look in other places. We can look at philanthropic, we can look at things, um, uh, evidence, we can look at things like the families that have signed the Giving Pledge, and on their website of the Giving Pledge are 
not just the names, but each of the families that sign it write a letter about why they're doing it and what they're doing. And you mm-hmm. can read um, a few hundred letters online about what families are doing um, to, to make a difference. Yeah, I think that's the whole deal. You have wealth, you have position. Let's make a difference. Let's do something really good with it. And Dennis Jaffe, you've written a book about it, uh, so we can all enjoy uh, uh, the knowledge. I think it's great. Well, I think families that have family businesses that are early on in the process can really learn from uh, um, you know the example of these older families and can find practices and things that they can do to create a wonderful future for their family. And it's interesting, Dennis, that you went, uh, you, you're talking about families from 20 different countries, right? Right. Now, These did, are, that, I mean, did that, 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 yeah. No, go ahead, sir. That, that's what, what, what was interesting to me is I thought I'd find a lot of diversity and a lot of different things, and, and yet I found these commonalities about by the third generation um, the families um, were concerned about their values by the third generation. The families were organized, and um, since they had a lot of people in the family, they had to, um, uh, you know, kind of get together and create alignment. Um, they defined policies, and uh, particularly they, um, particularly they, they focused on developing the skills of their next generation. They, they focused on um, not um, on teaching their children values and creating programs and, and examples and encouraging them to get involved in a positive way. So it isn't, um, uh, they, they, they were very concerned that that might happen to their kids and they, uh, um, and, and they really took steps to make sure that it didn't happen. Dennis, was it your idea to keep them their names private? Did they ask you to keep them private? Was it both of you saying there's really no need to point out the family names because we'd all know them? But did they? I kind of like the idea that they didn't want to be known. They didn't want credit for being decent human <laughs> beings. I kind of like that actually. Well, the, the thing is, these are very private people. So um, the mm-hmm. names of these families are not families that that want to be seen in print. And even though they're proud of the things that they said in the interviews, um, they also talked about the challenges they had. They, they talked about, you know, family disputes and uh, losses mm-hmm. and, and difficulties and having to fire um, difficult family members. And uh, so they just, um, it was just really uh, in order for them to open up and, you know, tell me what, what, what it was really like for them, uh, they, they, they needed to be um, assured that uh, their names would be used. See, I think that's terrific. I, I love that, as a matter of fact. Say, hey, as long as you don't use our name, we'll cooperate with you, Mr. Jaffe. Everything will be fine, but but don't use our name. Was there anything, uh, was, there, was there any one thing that really buoyed your spirits or, or on the other side of that for balance? Was there any one thing that you were kind of disappointed in? Well, the thing that, that, that excited me was to see that, that by the third generation, um, it wasn't all about the money. It was about social service. It was about the next Good. generation saying, well, it's, we're very happy that we're, we're wealthy, um, and we're not going to deny that, but, but we want to do something important with our lives. So that was, um, that was very, very heartwarming. And, and to see the families um, uh, working hard to live by and express their values, I think, was, was, was just very, 
um, powerful to me because these families control an extraordinary amount of the wealth uh, in the world. And if they're acting responsibly, um, we really, uh, really can, uh, you know, be, um, uh, have hope uh, in, in, in the business world. And, and you know, I, I think, think the, 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 actually, not, not a disappointment, but the other thing I saw is that family business is really different than public corporations. We've been um, having a lot of, you know, focus on short-term thinking and kind of um, ways in which, um, you know, public uh, companies are uh, manipulating the system and taking profits out. And, um, mm-hmm. and because of a uh, family business, the people that are the owners um, are not just there for the money. As investors, they also care about each other. and They have a personal relationship. Um, they have values about more than money. So family owners care about not just how much they make, but how they make it. Um, and the second thing about family businesses is they want to turn them over to their children and, and as the title says, to their grandchildren. And um, in order to do that, they uh, sometimes can't just keep taking out short-term profits. They have to invest in the future. And so family businesses are much more likely to invest in future development, um, invest in, in uh, employees, um, uh, you know, kind of do things that, that, that really that they're doing because they, they should be doing them, not because they're profitable. And um, so that it means that family businesses is really different some, in some ways than public corporations, and, and they may be a very good model um, for how business um, can be socially responsible. Yeah, that's a dream, isn't it? That's a great dream, as a matter of fact. The book is called Borrowed from Your Grandchildren, The Evolution of 100-Year Family Enterprises. Dennis Jaffe, J-A-F-F-E. Uh, magnificent. I, like I said, you cheered me up just talking about this, that there actually are people who are very successful that do care. We don't hear about that enough, Dennis, I don't think. Well, that's good. And, and the book is, is not is not statistical. It's really their own words. So... Um, the book mm-hmm. has got, you know, a hundred or so stories about these families where they talk about what they did. Um, even though we don't name them, you can see their words and, and hear about what they did. So it's, it's a very personal <clears throat> book. It is a terrific thing. Dennis, thanks so much for your time today. You cheered me up on a Thursday. I appreciate it. Well, great. We need cheering up the, uh, today. So uh, <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, you cheered me up a little bit, too. So thank you. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that, Dennis. Have a great day, sir. Take care. So long. Thank you, too. Bye. Don't you think that's great news that there are people, billionaires out there, that, that, that are giving back, but they don't want to tell anybody that they're giving back? I, I, I just think that's wonderful, isn't it? I, I wonder who they are. I'll probably never well, it's know. not the Kennedys. We know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the McMillans certainly check off a few boxes. They do. Yes, they do. Uh, I've not met all the McMillans, but I've met, uh, you know, I've met some uh, Cargills. Yep. Some McMillans, you know. James Cargill, I played in a golf tournament he put on one time. He's a very, very pleasant guy. But can Matter of fact, I get to sit and talk play, to Can Kath. he play? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I got to sit and have lunch with Catherine Crosby, which was phenomenal. Wow. Remember Catherine Crosby? Mm-hmm. Very beautiful young woman. She was, I believe, Bing Crosby's last wife, is the best way to put it. But you want to talk about somebody worth a ton of money, stunningly beautiful, could not have been a nicer person. Just a sweetheart of a person. Isn't that great? It is great. 
So it should be. We'll be right back. Got another segment coming up. And then, of course, after that segment, Doug from The Auto Show. Yay! Yeah, baby. Right back. Final segment for the hour. Up next with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. You know how life gets weird sometimes? What do you mean sometimes? You know how weird life is all the time? <laughs> yes. Weird. We're talking about wealthy families in America, and we talked about some families locally that have done... Uh, I've been very generous with their wealth and all the rest of it. And uh, Doug brought up the McMillan family. And the second we dropped off the air, it was just reported Whitney McMillan has died at the age of 90. Oh, no. Is that unbelievable? (laughs) That just came across the wire. (laughs) It's your fault. First I get Chris Matthews fired, and now I kill off a McMillan. (laughs) Exactly. This microphone is very powerful. Alex, give me all your money. Yeah. Give me all your money right now. I think right I have $5 now. in my car. Okay, I'll follow you out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Whitney McMillan, former leader of Cargill and descendant of its founder, dies at 90 years old. McMillan was the last member of the family that owns Cargill to run the company. Whitney McMillan, who led Cargill for 20 years, was last member of the founding family to run the company, as we said, has died. McMillan spent 44 years at the company, was started in 1865 by his great-grandfather, W.W. Cargill. He led the Minnetonka-based company through a period of rapid growth and transformation. He ultimately moved Cargill's executive leadership beyond family control. He added independent directors to its board initiated an employee stock ownership plan and kept it under private ownership. When he retired as chairman in the mid-1990s, he was the last member of the owning McMillan and Cargill families to serve directly as senior executive operational manager. With his wife, Elizabeth McMillan, who supported numerous charitable and educational programs in Twin Cities and around the country, Whitney McMillan has died at the age of 90. He died yesterday in Vero Beach, Florida. So there you go. Wow. 
And once again, so last week he gets a guy fired. This week he bumps a guy. Wait, off. wait, wait. That's that was three Doug weeks Sprindle. ago. I think we got Chris Matthews fired. It wasn't last week. Was it really three weeks ago already? It might have been. Yeah, you might be right. Now, I, 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 I'm trying not to Google stuff because I think it impairs your memory, but I think that Cargill mm-hmm. might be the largest privately held company in the world. In other it words, they're be. not on the stock yeah. exchange. I think, I think mm-hmm. I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, you probably could never find that out, but I think you might be right. It might be the largest privately held company in the world. I'm not sure what the deal is. Agricultural company is how it started, correct? Yeah. And, and they've that's never gotten their, hammered their, for all that stuff. That's still the, the crux of their business is grain and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But All that good stuff. I do know one thing, man. If you ever t- We took a boat trip a couple of years ago down the Mississippi from Minneapolis, or from St. Paul, Minnesota, down to St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, it's about a week-long trip. You go down on a riverboat. It's a great trip. I would highly recommend it. You'll learn a lot about the Mississippi River and the central United States and all the rest of it. But I did learn one thing from that trip. As soon as we left St. Paul and as soon as we got to St. Louis, Cargill owns the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of barges. It's unbelievable. And there are plants and grain elevators all up and down the Mississippi River with the Cargill name on it. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff. But, yeah, once again, Doug Sprinthal strikes. Way to go. Hey, speaking of something totally unrelated... Did you finish the song yet? We got to get going. The time's right. We do have to get going. Okay. No, 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 Uh-oh. no. Did you finish the song? You mean did I finish writing my part? Yeah. I can't right now. I, I am literally at KQRS, the program director, music director, morning guy, and top salesman. I'm a little busy right now, but this weekend I promise I will. Okay, all right. I promise. Sorry, I blew up. Okay. Did you? You guys up, don't have just, a. You guys don't have a program lot. director yet, huh? Not yet. We will uh, shortly. I talked to him yesterday, and it looks like he's going to be the guy, and I hope he is because he's a very smart young man. Good. I'm hoping they get it taken care of, but, yeah, he would uh, he would handle uh, the program director position, probably music director as well. Um, I always thought they were the same, but not, apparently, huh? Well, in, in a lot of cases, they, they the same person does, does both jobs. <clears throat> not always, but sometimes. I assume he probably would do that because he's really smart about music. Can he name more than three be cool. Beatles songs? Yes. Okay, good. Although he's only he's only like 41 years old or 42 well, years old. That's old enough. So. Yeah, probably. Alex is only 31 and she loves the Beatles. Yeah. Sure do. Fawn asked me how old I was yesterday. I was like, 31. Yeah, that's about when it happens. The first time you have to think about how old you are. It's usually like, in your 30s. I was like, Dad's 35. So I'm 31. Yeah. <laughs> Dad's 35. It's yeah. his fault. No, it's, I always Funny. know his age, so I just subtract four years from his age, and that's my age. Why do you think she asked you that? Um, I don't know. We were, pro- we were probably talking about, like, birthdays or something. Like, I don't know. It was just, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. But she was like, how old are you? Because people ask her how old she is all the time, you know, like, yeah. oh, how old are you going to be your next birthday and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. That is an absolutely, a really, really good point. Um, Fawny wants to know how old you are. And yep. now you have to tell her, yeah, you know, uh, 
She also yesterday said she wished she had 6,000 con- 6, containers of yogurt. So Wow. 6,000. Yeah, yes. There was one yogurt left in the fridge, and I said that she and Sage could share it. And then she Uh-oh. ate her portion very quickly, and then Sage was taking longer, and she was like, Sage, can I please have your yogurt? And he was like, uh-uh. And then <laughs> oh, it's already started. That's she awesome. She got all upset, and she, I was like, yep. "Do you love yogurt so much?" She's like, "Yeah, I wish I had six thousand containers of yogurt." <laughs> six. 000. I was like, "That's a lot of yogurt." She but gets. Sure, uh, I'm sure she does wish she had six because she that she'd eat yogurt seven times a day. Wow! If I let her. She would. Yeah. Boy, there's a lot of sad news. This, this, this I find to be sad today. UNFI sells the real estate of 15 Cub Foods locations. The deal is expected to have no noticeable effect on operations at the Twin Cities' largest grocery chain. I hope Cub stays open. I love going to Cub stores. What the hell is that? Yeah, that's where I go He's on Rosemont. I love it there. Love. I do too. I love Cub. Unable so far to sell the 79 Cub Food stores it owns, United Natural Foods Incorporated has found an alternative to glean cash from the supermarket chain. UNFI Chief Executive Steve Spinner announced on Wednesday that it will sell the real estate of 15 Cub stores for $170 million. The sale represents 1.1 million square feet of retail space. It is expected to close by August. Why would you want to buy real estate and then just, what do you, rent it back to Cub? I don't know. I guess I we'd have to know more that. about the deal for it to make sense. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I hope they don't mess. I hope they don't mess with Cub because I really do like going to Cub a I, lot. I just like going to the same place all the time because then I know where yeah. everything is. You go to a new grocery store, even if it's a Cub in a different town. It's that's like, true. all right, where did they right. put it? Just, yeah. just do it the same. Sorry, no, that's true. Didn't mean to get all. No, riled you're absolutely up. right. That's what you do. You're always all riled up. It's really sad. There won't be any noticeable changes in the stores, UNFI spokesperson Mike Wilkins said. It's just the real estate changing ownership. Until the sale closes, UNFI is not releasing the locations of the 15 stores. So there you have it. You'll still have your Cub Food Store for now. Uh, They've been trying to sell Cub now for quite some time, the 79 Cub Food Stores, and they can't sell them. It is pretty amazing when you – well, look what what Hy-Vee did. You guys know what Hy-Vee is doing? Mm-mm. Andy, you go to the uh, to the High V in Robbinsdale quite often, don't you? Yep. And you do you go to the to the the restaurant part of it to pick up food ever? Uh, very rarely. It's not exactly uh, healthy, health conscious food. It's good. Well, it's going to eat, but it's, it's going to get even less health conscious because they're going to close down all of the restaurants in the High V stores. And replace them with wall burgers. Oh, that's too bad. Are they really? The pizza at Hy-Vee <laughs> are, is yep. really like surprisingly good. Oh, is it really? Yeah, we get it I more love often. But, too. You know, eating pizza all the time, not great. Yeah, I suppose they can charge wall burgers enough money to offset yeah. the loss of the food revenue. That might yeah. actually be pretty smart because then they kind of market themselves for you. Yeah, I don't care about wall burgers. What are though. people? What are people doing now, your age, Andy and Alex? What are people doing now that is causing supermarkets such stress? Do you not go to supermarkets? Well, when I go there, it seems to be mostly like women in their fifties. So yeah, I mean, everybody like how do you grocery delivery? I don't know that many people that do that though. I don't either, but I do it sometimes because just with kids and stuff. I think what's happened is that you know, like any other industry, you've got some disruptors. You got two of the biggest retailers in the world that said, "Screw it, let's get in the grocery business." Yeah. I'm talking about Target and Walmart. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. And it's not yep. a high margin business. Running a grocery store is, yeah. I mean, you've got really oh, yeah, severe in- inventory control issues when you have to throw yes. out stuff that goes bad. Yep. Yep. That is one thing is uh, when you go to Target, you see a lot of younger people. And I think that's just yeah. that's because they go to Target, they buy groceries, but then they also buy a bunch of crap they don't need off the shelves on the way to the cashiers. Those groceries at Target, it's cheaper to eat out. It, yeah, that's the really other expensive. thing. Yeah, that's kind of, it depends on if you go to like, they have different hierarchies of Target, and if you go to one that's not technically like for a grocery store, because <laughs> they all have groceries in them, mm-hmm. but only some of them, the super Targets, are grocery stores. Yeah. The others are not, and so the groceries are way more expensive, and the, uh, the choices are much more limited. So in that case, you're better off going to Cover yep. Hy-Vee. But. Right. It's very, very true. You know, it's interesting, uh, ladies and gentlemen, also. Do you think we have any politicians left that are 100% not filthy? Oh, I think. Are there any of them left? I hope to think that quite a few of them might fit in that category. You know, we've talked about this a lot. Right. You've got state politicians where it's really a part-time job that pays 35 grand a year. They're not not doing it for the dough. Now, some of them could be sleazy and taking bribes and that sort of stuff. But I think for, you know... Jimmy Francis, he's technically a politician, yep. but I would not say yep, he's sleazy. That's true. Not he's at all. weird. Not at all. <laughs> but he likes us. I like that, actually. That's, that's one of the things I like about Weird as hell. The reason I bring that up is because we, uh, even though she denied ever dating the man or having any interest, there was nothing to it. I don't know why you keep bringing this up. Uh, Alain Omar's divorce is final after one month. She filed for divorce a month ago. Uh, she just married Tim Minette yesterday mm. uh, uh, now this is the guy she had no romantic interest in there's nothing there you're making it up as you go along she divorces her husband and marries my now that wasn't the husband that was her brother though was it no my she married a, her brother too my, to get him in the country my so he's she was he was like her aide or something he's a white guy isn't he Minette? yeah, yeah I, I believe so but i mean what i'm saying the guy she just divorced oh. was that her brother no i she think married that her brother was... right I don't know. Let's see. But here's what I like. Remember when she was saying, I have no interest, there's nothing there, you guys are making it up as you go along, there's no romance there whatsoever. Omar's campaign paid my Nets company, E Street Group, more than a half a million dollars last year. Huh. And you know where she got it? She got it from campaign donations. These people are disgusting. Well, I like the fact that he's probably a classic rock fan. The E Street, probably the is. E Street group. You know yeah, that that's had to true. come from the boss, right? And from the boss, but yeah, Bruce Springsteen. I, I just, how much more can this woman do to not piss people off? All she does is piss people off. Well, and what a lot of people don't realize, she's pissed off a lot of people in the Somali community because the elders are yeah. really conservative, tight knit yep. family values, and none of this has played well with them at all. No, they're not happy about. It. Is she going to make it another go go around? I how could she? I don't know. I don't know. It's just done. Omar's campaign paid Manette's company E Street Group more than a half million bucks last year for consulting, advertising, fundraising, and travel. Omar's marital history also came under uh, political fire last year after it came to light that she and and Hirsi filed taxes jointly while she was legal married illegally married to another man. Is there anything you Who don't she cheat think at she is? Donald Trump, you can't be doing that sort of stuff. Exactly, but at least he didn't marry his sister. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, of course, he doesn't so... have a sister. It'd be a little tough. 
the most recent <laughs> husband that isn't Tim Minette, uh, she was not under suspicion of being her brother, but she was also married to this guy for one year. Yeah. Uh, however, both former husbands are named Ahmed, so there's a little confusion there. Well, yeah, that's like being named Joe in yeah, the Muslim that's true. world. It's like Johnson. Exactly. Ahmed Nur said Almi. Yeah, that's Saeed the one that Almi. people think is her brother. Yeah. Oh, that's the one. Well, apparently he is her brother, isn't he? I don't know. I don't think it would matter if it was, so I don't even care. Yeah, you're probably right. But I just love the fact he gets a half a million bucks last year, and now all of a sudden they're married, even though she said there was nothing there. Mm. And they called oh, it puppy love. Puppy love. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for uh, this hour mm-hmm. because you got. Now, tell us about what's coming up in the second hour, Dougie. Well, what we did is we uh, actually, Sandy and I did the first ever live podcast Sandy. at the auto show, and it went over well. And Scott, who you know, Scott Lambert, asked uh, if uh, mm-hmm. we do car selling secrets. So I contacted all the manufacturers, and they all said, no, we don't, we're too busy. We don't. And it's, it's the sales prevention team. So I said, screw that. And I called up some of my general managers in the Walzer organization, and they all came down. And this is a very rare episode because almost all of it we talk about cars. Wow. Although really? at one point, Mary Valine, who works for Scott, who runs the auto show, I did catch her off guard, and they said, now I've heard rumors that all of the cars that Luther sells have uh, coronavirus. Is that true, Mary? And she's like, no, God, you can't say that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, I'm sure I'm sure Danny was really happy I with said, you on that I one. I have friends in that company. It's okay. They're, most of their cars should be fine if you just don't drive them. Although, if you, to be totally honest with the whole situation, in order for Danny to hear what you were saying, you would have had to say it on a golf course practice ra- uh, <laughs> yeah, range. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's a great guy. Danny Danny Luther is a great guy. Yeah. I don't know David at all. I've never met Danny. I know David fairly well. He yeah. and Paul are tighter yeah. than tigers. We we pissed. Uh, uh, David Luther is a very religious guy and. Paul and I pissed him off so bad. It was some mean ad campaign we ran. I didn't remember what it was. Paul calls me in his office, and he's laughing. And he goes, I just got off the phone with David Luther. I've never had anybody swear at me while reading, while citing Bible verses. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. What about damn and hell? There you have it. Yeah. Plenty of those. Yeah. So did you I see what the though. Catholic Church? you see what the Catholic Church is doing with the Bible now? No. Placing it with darn and heck? Nope. Pretty close, though, Andy. They are taking the word booty out of the Bible. How, I'm not how, how is it in there frequently? Like, yeah. <laughs> frequently. Is John Silver said oh, to here's Jesus. a great joke. It's not the King James Version. It's the Rick James Version. <laughs> the Rick James, baby. Thank yeah. you very much. How? No, is, they've taken... Because booty just means money. It means ill-gotten gains, yes. basically. Yeah. But uh, they think it refers to a woman's butt, so now they're taking it out of the Bible. Oh, oh yeah, on uh, knowingjesus.com, if any of you are familiar. It's on knowingjesus.com? Uh, no, you can search. There's a lot of sites, actually, where you can search specific words in the Bible, which is a teenager's oh, dream. Yeah. But uh, for the <laughs> rest of us, <laughs> I actually have a story about that, but it's too late to tell it. Whoops. Um, there are 57 occurrences of booty in the Bible. Took all the booty and the plunder. Uh, in the evening, he will divide the booty. They brought the captives, the booty, and plunder. So apparently they said booty in the Bible a ton. As That's long as he doesn't so plunder the booty, though, he's okay. What are, mm. what, are they cha- what are they changing it to? 
Boutte. Boutte. Filthy lucre. Yes, you could. Well, remember, they're going to have to do, they're going to make up some other adjustments because in third grade, I brought it up this morning in the morning show. Third grade, I got yelled at for laughing my ass off because a kid read uh, from the Bible and he read, Jesus tied his ass to a tree and walked 20 miles. And I started laughing and I couldn't stop. So they said, okay, you got to go, pal, you're out. So it wasn't booty, but he tied his ass to a tree. That was a mighty long so, rope. That's a long rope, brother. All right, we'll talk to you. We got uh, part two coming up right after this with the family. See you, Tom.